0: Let's join together in the call to worship. This is the day that God has made. Into the wonder of this new day, we come. God of mourning, God of life, we come into the pilgrims of faith. Let us worship God. It is so easy to hide from God and our neighbors. That was the prompt for Adam and Eve to hide in the Garden of Eden, realizing their actions created a chasm between seeing God face to face and living far from God's bountiful mercy. And so in confession, we admit our hiding and wait for God's mercy. Let us join together in confessing our brokenness to God. Let us pray. Merciful and just God, we glimpse your presence in the world you have created, its power, beauty, diversity, and fertility. Yet, O God, we have misused power, marred beauty, sown seeds of hurt and division, We long for peace, but stake out absolutes. We seek reconciliation with neighbor and nation, but step away when the cost is too great. Give us a steady resolve to follow you, O Christ, losing our lives to find them in you. Mend our broken hearts and our broken world by your grace. Through Jesus, our companion and guide. Amen. The mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. Yes, God forgives our sins, strengthens us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, lets us see God with unblemished grace. Friends, believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. As forgiven and celebrated children of God, we now look to each other face to face and exchange a sign of God's peace. Whether it is a friendly wave, a handshake, an embrace, let your kindness communicate God's love this morning. And to those of you joining us online, we invite you at this time to make your presence known by filling out the pew pad that is found via the QR code or the link below the video description on the screen. We extend God's welcome to you and hope through an embrace of someone watching with you or a call to a family member or friend, you might extend God's peace and welcome this day. And so the peace of Christ be with you all. Let us exchange the peace. As we continue our connection with each other, please reach for the pew pads that are at the end of your pew, pass it along, and when you return it, note the names of those in worship with you so you can greet one another following the service today. There are many announcements in our bulletins this morning. If you are online, you can download the bulletin from the website. And please use this bulletin as a guide for opportunities that promise to extend our discipleship. Summer is a time of rest and renewal. And it is also a season of engagement here at Fourth Presbyterian Church. With mission trips, vacation Bible school that happened in June, with the long-range planning process, and also seeking an interim pastor, much is afoot in our life together. I'd like to highlight a couple of things that are specific to now, One is that our annual school supply drive organized by Women at Fourth is underway, collecting supplies for the youth of our Chicago Lights urban farm, our summer day and tutoring program. Details on how to contribute are printed in your worship bulletin. Following coffee hour on Sunday, August 13th, we will be having a congregational picnic in the courtyard, Watch for details in the weeks ahead. Also this summer, we will be hosting a congregational deep listening dinner as a time of connecting with one another on Friday evening, July 28th. So that's coming right up. There will be no charge for this, but reservations are required. And again, see your bulletin for details. We also invite those worshiping in person to join us for coffee hour following worship today. Given the air quality index is of concern, we will be holding our coffee hour today inside rather than out in the garth. Uh, this This coffee hour is available to you through the doors on your left. And so we really hope that you will take a moment to um, come together following worship and greet one another at that opportunity. And as is our custom, you are invited to pray with a deacon following our worship service in Stone Chapel, which is to the right of the pulpit. Prayers of concern and prayers of thanksgiving and celebration are welcome. Again, we are so blessed to be together this day on the Lord's Day. Let us continue our worship.
1: Let us pray. Testify to us, O God, by the voice of your Spirit. Put your law in our hearts, write your word in our minds, and show your will in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 13. Listen now for God's word to us. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it for you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off, amen. The word of God for the people of God.
2: Our Gospel reading today is from the Gospel according to Matthew beginning in the 13th chapter with the first verse I'll be reading from the Common English Bible this morning. That day Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. And then a few verses later, Jesus goes on to explain his parable, beginning at verse 18. Consider then the parable of the farmer. Whenever people hear the word about the kingdom and don't understand it, the evil one comes and carries off what was planted in their hearts. This is the seed that was sown on the path. As for the seed that was spread on rocky ground, this refers to people who hear the word and immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. As for the seed that was spread among thorny plants, this refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the false appeal of wealth choke the word, and it bears no fruit. As for what was planted in good soil, this refers to those who hear and understand. And bear fruit and produce in one case a yield of 100 to one in another case a yield of 60 to one and in another case a yield of 30 to one this is holy wisdom holy word thanks be to god i was sitting in a coffee shop recently and saw a young boy waiting in line with his parents and he stood with his arm around his mother's leg while he looked around him at all the people, all the things in the coffee shop. Small and large potted plants, a mural on the wall, platters of pastries, a glass-fronted refrigerator with cold drinks, and people, lots of people. Standing in line with him, people at tables talking, people sipping and snacking, his wide eyes took it all in, and his arm never left his mother's leg. It made me think of how desperate we all are for belonging, for love, for grounding, for a place to call home. His vulnerability and his need seemed to be a perfect image of human vulnerability and need. On the physical level, we he needed to be connected to his mother his caretaker, his protector, while he encountered a larger world and learned about his place in it. Having been created on the physical level from the seeds of our parents, we live as physical beings and seek physical connection. Our families, whether our birth families or our chosen families, our friends and our communities, our churches, can provide some of the grounding that we need and the reminder that we are loved and valued. At the same time, on the spiritual level, we speak of being created by God out of soil and breath, as we read in the book of Genesis. In our liturgies, we say that we come from dust and to dust we shall return. But Bible scholars and translators have pointed out that in Genesis 2, God creates humans in the context of a lush garden. Out of the fertile topsoil, which all the plants and all the life come from, God takes that earth and makes the first earthling. Out of rich humus, God creates the first human. And out of the first human, God creates a second human, setting in motion the pattern of humans creating humans, human seeds, creating the next generations through the bodies of women on a spiritual level, we all begin like these first earthlings created of the fertile topsoil, a metaphor for the stuff from which all things are created, filled with the breath of vitality and the power of life and possibility breathed into us by our creator. And like that little boy in the coffee shop, we need to feel the connection to our source, to that which is greater than ourselves, to that which gives us protection and connection, that which gives us love as well as courage to expand our world and find our connections with others. Saint Bonaventure described God as a mystery whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. In other words, God's vitality, God's being, God's self is everywhere, intermingled with all things. And there's no boundary, no outer circle that marks off the end of God or the edge of God. There's no place where God is not. St. Augustine wrote that some people, in order to find God, will read a book. But there is a great book, Augustine said, the book of created nature Look carefully at it, top and bottom. Observe it, read it. God did not make letters of ink for you to recognize God in. God set before your eyes all these things that God has made. And Meister Eckhart, another 13th century mystic, said a person who knew nothing but creatures would never need to attend to any sermons, for every creature is full of God. And is a book. Hmm. As creatures ourselves, created by God, God is in some way in us. Closer to us than our own breath, the image of God is implanted in us. We belong to God. We belong to each other. We belong to the creation. We are part of it, not separate from it. In the parable of the soils, we all want to be the fertile soil that receives the kingdom of God and lets it take root and ground in us. We want the kingdom of belonging to grow in us and expand out from us. We want to bear fruit and share robust love and generosity. But life depletes and challenges us. What begins as rich soil in us, what begins as vitality and possibility can grow dry. In his explanation of the parable, Jesus describes some of the human challenges that we face. Things get rocky. We let slide those things that would nourish us. We fail to develop the roots that would sustain us, keeping things superficial, makes our joy fragile. When we experience distress or persecution, we lose hope and we lose perspective. We forget that the love of God is always with us. We forget our root and our connection to all that is. When the seeds of God's love fall on this rocky ground, the seeds may sprout up quickly, but they may also shrivel and dry up quickly. Worries and anxieties like thorny weeds increase our forgetting. We forget that we are part of something much larger than ourselves. We start to think that everything depends on us, that we are in ultimate control. We measure our value by how the world sees us. We think that we are isolated and alone rather than part of the flow of life. And the lure of wealth makes us think that we can buy our security, but what we really need is our mother's leg to hold onto, that reminder that indeed we are connected to our creator who hovers over us with protective wings In the parable, some seeds fall on the path and are eaten by birds. Jesus explains that the birds represent the evil one who takes away what was planted in the heart. The hardening of our hearts is the beginning of evil taking root in us. In our hearts live our desires. If our desires remain limited to the well-being of me and mine, or even the well-being of us over them, We are like seeds falling on a hardened path. If we let evil snatch expansive love from our hearts, our desires begin to undermine the well-being of creation. Caring for the well-being of others does not mean not caring about the well-being of ourselves. It means caring about our well-being as a subset of the well-being of all the parts cannot survive if the whole cannot survive. This parable invites us to think about what kind of soil we are and how receptive we are to the seed of God's word about the kingdom of belonging. It's sometimes called the parable of the soils, but it's also sometimes called the parable of the sower. In this parable, we meet a farmer who is perhaps... Perhaps not a very good farmer. This farmer throws seed everywhere. On the path, on the rocky soil, in the weedy, thorny, choked soil, and also some, some in the good soil. There's no telling of the farmer preparing the soil. No tilling, no irrigating, no weeding, no thinning. This farmer seems to be wasting seeds, throwing them where they will never sprout and where they will quickly die. The sower may not be a very good farmer, but seems to be a very good god. This farmer doesn't begin with concerns about yield or profit. This farmer doesn't limit the seed only to that soil which is already ready. If we are the soils, we are all the kinds of soils. On some days, our hearts do get hard like a well-walked path and our hearts closed down and we slip into self-centered concern. On other days, we are like the rocky soil without deep roots when we keep things superficial or keep them nice but not sincere and deep. Some days, we are the thorny, weedy soils filled with anxiety and worries about money and fixation on wealth, crowding out thoughts Of generosity and possibility. But God doesn't give up on any of us. God just keeps throwing seeds everywhere. It's possible that one or two seeds that fall on hardened hearts will wiggle their way into the soil and begin to break up that hardness. It's possible that a couple of seeds that fall on rocky soil might fall between those rocks and begin to draw more nutrients into that barren area and dig their roots a little deeper. It's possible that some seeds that fall into the crowded, thorny plot might catch a few rays of sun and grow up past the choked and choking weed bed of anxiety and start to overtake those weeds with flowers. When God plants, God plants with abundance, vitality, and possibility. Pastor and author Brian McLaren offers this great thought experiment. Imagine, he says, imagine looking at the universe in its first several billion years. Swirling gases, surging energy fields, nothing solid. Or imagine looking at the earth when it was a lifeless planet of rock, water, ice, and volcanoes. Even then, rainforests, coral reefs, savannas with elephants and giraffes, cities with stand-up comics and Latin jazz, were inherent in the possibilities. They just weren't visible yet. To see that possibility is what faith is about, McLaren says, not merely seeing the seeds in the apple, but seeing the million apple orchards waiting to spring from those seeds. God creates with a sense of possibility, and we are invited to create with the same spirit, not knowing what the future holds. Can we trust in the capacity and the abundance of God Can we trust in the vitality and the possibility of God? We are challenged with these questions. How will we nourish and care for the soil that is our lives, as well as the soil that supports all life? And second, will we sow with wild abandon, trusting in the unfolding of unseen possibilities? Regardless of our answers to these questions, we can trust that God will continue to sow seeds in us. God is continually sowing seeds of the kingdom of belonging, the commonwealth of the beloved community, the reign and realm of God in which all are cared for and all belong. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. you
3: Friends, let us remain standing as we affirm the truth, the faith in which we stand. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, As we come to a time of prayer, I want to note that recently a change took place in the life of our congregation with the death of Nan Birmingham on May 21st. A memorial service will be held for Nan this Friday, July 21st, at 10 a.m. in this sanctuary. The service will also be live streamed. And now mindful that God is with us in every season and ready to hear us, let us join together in prayer. You are everywhere the giver and renewer of life, O Lord of heaven and earth. And our minds and hearts draw near to you, indeed cling to you as sunflowers reach for the celestial rays as deer search for streaming waters. For we all are in need of nourishment of that which cannot only feed us, but also fulfill our destinies. We seek you and your word of hope this morning, O Lord, praying that it might enrich the soils of our lives that your goodness, mercy, and righteousness may permeate the ground from which our lives spring forth. We bring before your mercy the soil of our society, from the global community to which it is connected, to the city in whose heart this very sanctuary stands. We pray that you might protect the soil the earth on which our society depends, but also which you adore for its own sake, every tree, flower, fish, or fowl, mountain and valley. In the midst of historic heat waves and droughts from Arizona and Florida to Uruguay, we pray that those in harm's way may have reprieve and that we all might awake to our responsibilities to tend to these resources you provide us, knowing that they are precious gifts and not cheap grace. God of steadfast love, extend your life-giving word to the soil of our city and its streets, its blocks, its suburbs, its byways. Might you root its common spaces parks we play in, the places we labor in, the schools our young people learn in, root them in your love and justice. Let them be places that are bedrocks of safety and protection. And let our leaders, those who are charged with stewarding these places, be people of integrity and wisdom and strong character. Might their discernment be wise. Let that love extend to our households and neighbors, family, and friends, that they may be rooted in places of respite, of trust. Let your love extend to this church, that it may, for those far and wide, be a place of welcome and friendship for many on their spiritual and life journeys and we give thanks for the times and for the people through whom that goodness is indeed communicated. And so we lift up our former pastor and friend, Pastor Shannon Kirshner, as she shares your promises and good news with the people of Central Presbyterian Church today. God before whom we are fearfully and wondrously made, we know there is precious soil deep inside each of us. No matter what trials we have endured, what pain we have transmitted, and we ask that you help cultivate and grow our values, our character, heal our bodies, give us comfort as we grieve, and give us strength to love more fervently each day. Most of all, we pray to the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly with the very dust of the earth, more than we can ask or imagine. To this holy one, we give our sacred being. Praying in the name of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who taught us to pray, Amen. Each of our lives is a precious gift in which we are called by a generous and gracious God to bear good fruit. But in order to reach that potential, someone must pour into our lives, seek our well being, and have faith in each of us. The mainstay, the purpose of the ministries and programs of Fourth Presbyterian Church and Chicago Lights is to do the hard, persistent, and joyful work of pouring into the lives of others. It's happening every day through the educational opportunities for all ages here on our campus. For social services, for those seeking to renew their lives, in meals to nourish bodies, and companionship to nourish souls, and now you are invited to join in that work, to tend the soil by contributing tithes and offerings as our joint response to the faithfulness of God. Your morning offering will now be received. Let us now join together in our prayer of dedication. God of all being, there is nothing we can do to surpass the gifts of life you offer us each day, but we can respond to your grace with the gratitude that honors and values all you have made. Receive these offerings of our time and labor. Let them be for the healing and well-being of the world and its people, so that all creation might praise your name. Amen.
2: go out into the world in peace. Have courage, hold on to what is good. Return no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord our God, rejoicing in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And may God bless you and keep you. May God make God's face to shine upon you. May God be gracious to you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen.